0: For our time of confession, let's look at Romans 10. You can turn to Romans 10. And today and next week, for our time of confession, we're going to be discussing the words we speak. Our words and our speech. And here's, here's the takeaway for today. What we speak is tightly connected to our faith. Yes, our, what we speak is coupled with our faith, our hearts, and our hope in God. So let's look now at Romans 10. I'll read verses 5 through 13. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So here in Romans 10, we are taught quite plainly that speaking flows out from our hope in God or our faith. Right? Our context is is teaching on how Israel, the people of God, Israel sought to make themselves righteous by keeping the law instead of embracing God's righteousness found in Christ. And that's why it goes on to say Christ is the end of the law to everyone who believes. This is faith, and this is what we live out and even speak in accordance with that faith. So here in verse 6, It says, faith speaks this way. It's an interesting thought. Faith speaks like this. Faith sounds like this. And then he teaches on how to avoid negative speaking that kills faith. And then teaches on positive speaking of God's promises that increases our faith. So you can see there's actually an effect of our speech on faith and vice versa. Verse 6, faith speaks this way, do not say in your heart. In other words, don't speak false truths or speculative ideas. Then verse 8 tells us what faith does say or what faith does speak. It speaks the promises of God. The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. And these are the words of faith that we preach, he says, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your God, heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. There is an action of speaking, of confession. For with one heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it is our confession, the words that we speak, that have weight, because they are faith evidence. These words of truth propel our faith and our trust in God. Now we see actually another example of this in 2 Corinthians 4, 13-16, which says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We believe, or we have faith, and therefore we speak. Therefore we do not lose heart. See, speaking the truth that which is true, keeps our hearts confident in God. We must speak of our faith. And then in turn, that encourages and actually advances our faith. We see this again about our speech in Revelation 12. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Overcoming By words we speak. Overcoming, that's power. That's advancing faith and our hope in God. Proverbs 15.4 says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life. A tree of life. Life can burst forth from the very words we speak. And as James says, that's really all that should flow out of our mouths, isn't it? He says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. Brethren, these things should not be so. So accordingly, words can actually encourage or diminish the faith of others around us. Remember back to Numbers 32, which says, Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going into the land that the Lord has given them? See, in their words, they had discouraged the hearts of the people. They said, oh, the people are greater and taller than we. Their cities are great and fortified up to heaven. This is negative, faithless speech. We don't need to have any faithless speech, amen? Our hope is in God, and our hearts are greatly affected by the words we speak to one another. Lastly, we see that the word over and over again makes reference to the character of our speech as God's redeemed. Ephesians 4 says, we are only to be about speech that builds one another up and imparts grace to the hearer. Colossians 3 says that our speech must be gracious, seasoned with salt. Titus 3 says our speech must be gentle and it must show courtesy to everyone faith-infused speech that drives a further hope in God. This is the liberty, this is the freedom we have in Christ, is that we can make sounds come out of our mouths that are spiritually fortifying. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that amazing? So what must we do in response to this teaching? First, we must, as Paul said in 1 Timothy 4, we must be nourished in the words of faith. Nourished in the words of faith. What is it to be nourished? It's to keep something alive and healthy so that it grows and abounds and we are to be nourished in the words of faith and our speech to one another should be given in a way that stirs one another up to love and good works. Increases The joy of the Lord propels faith to our brother and sister. May we be nourished in the words of faith. Secondly, we must immerse ourselves in in an environment of positive, faith-filled affirmations. Now, that can sound impossible in our world today, but Paul calls us to it in 2 Timothy 1. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. See, we must be hearing in our ears words that are faith-filled as a repeated pattern. Sound words, not distorted words. We need faith language that is grounded in truth and love, and we need to impart that to one another. Faith Filled affirmations. Thirdly, to speak by faith, we must think rightly first. Right? We've heard the phrase, think before you speak, right? Amen. <laughs> and, and Philippians 4:8 actually instructs us in that very thing. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue. If there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things so that we can speak them. Faith-filled thinking leads to faith-filled speech. And lastly, we must realize that as a result of who we are in Christ, words of faith are actually expected of us. In other words, who we are demands an outflow from our mouths of faith. 1 Peter 2 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are to be proclaimers. We are to declare that which is most important to us with emphasis. So what we speak flows from our faith. And those words have a powerful effect. We all know we can be discouraged by words, we can lose heart, we can lose hope, or by words of truth, we can be built up in faith. We can be encouraged in heart. We can be reminded of the eternal hope we have in Christ. Negative speaking kills faith. But positive speaking about God's promises increases our faith. So as we come to our time of confession, let us consider our words. Our words are very powerful. Children, every word you say is very powerful. Are your words faith-building? Are your words hopeful? Do your words have that refreshing sweetness flowing from a heart that trusts in God? Let us consider our words as we go to our God in confession. As we turn to our bulletin, and you can also see it up on the wall, we're going to Take a time to say our corporate prayer of confession. So, if you're able and willing, please kneel with me and let us say this together. Merciful God, Jesus our Savior, we acknowledge our vileness, our worthlessness, our ingratitude. With shame and confusion of face, we look up to you, O bleeding lamb, for having slighted your goodness. And your loving kindness toward us. Take away this earthliness from our minds, this coldness from our hearts, this insensibility to the things of God. Preserve us from a secret alienation of heart, from a growing lukewarmness. You are the rock of ages, the everlasting strength. Endue us with power from on high to overcome all our indwelling corruptions which, like a thick cloud, intervene between our soul and you, the Son of Righteousness, and thus prevent the ray of your consolation from gladdening our hearts and making us to abound in the fruits of righteousness. Forgive us, for Christ's sake, in whose name we pray, amen. We'll now take a moment to individually confess our sins to God.